Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Always a pleasure to have you with me. Uh, we have a great lineup today. I hope you'll stick around for the whole show. My first guest join, joining me is Patrick Renoisie. Uh He's been with us many times before, and he always does a great job in bringing us great ideas. And today we're going to talk about uh, Zoom meetings and how you can show up brilliantly in those meetings. So let's get right to it. Patrick, I'm bringing you on. Thanks so much for joining me once again today. Yes, good morning, Bill. How are you today? Well, I've been uh, locked up in my place for about two and a half months. Uh, you know, my big part of my business is traveling because I go around the world and I teach people new concepts about how the brain of the customers work. But uh, since we haven't been able to travel for two and a half months, that gave me a lot of time to think about things. And uh, the new project that I'm working on is taking all the knowledge that I have on the science of human persuasion and making it relevant in the virtual world. So uh, this is what I'm doing today. Yes, I've been looking forward to your viewpoints on that. I've been reading a lot about how, you know, we're all, um, if you haven't, if you didn't do a Zoom meeting before COVID-19, you've probably done many of them since. And uh, how um, these virtual communication tools um, uh, basically uh, show up in our brain. Our, I've, I've read, and maybe you can validate this, that our our brain is always trying to um, match things up, to align things. And it, it becomes very difficult um, when, for instance, someone has a lag in their video and uh, their lips move. It's kind of like an old, uh, uh, an old uh, B movie <laughs> where the lips are moving, but the, the words aren't coming out in the same timing. And it's really distracting for the brain. And so a lot of people are wondering, you know, would I be better off, should I make sales presentations on Zoom and should I communicate on Zoom or am I better off with the telephone? Uh, what am I going to do, right especially on. if I mean, I'm stuck for a while? So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, what do you think? Exactly. And that, that's the problem with Zoom. And as you probably have noticed, I mean, most people really hate Zoom. I mean, uh, a lot of people are commenting today that, it's painful to be on Zoom. They drop their attention very quickly after just a few minutes. And the problem, the technical problem is exactly what you've said. In other words, the human brain is not used to seeing a delay between the audio and the video. And there is some research that has proven that although, you know, a platform like Zoom's bringing in the additional information of the visual of the person that's talking, because of that lag, it's actually less effective than a phone conversation. Now, there are always, you know, exceptions, but for a big part of it, 
some people would be better off just talking to the customers on the phone as opposed to being on Zoom. Now, the benefit of Zoom, of course, is you can bring in visuals. And visuals, we know, have a very, very strong impact on the brain, and especially, you know, the part of the brain that drives the decision-making process, which we call the primal brain, of, or which uh, Daniel Kahneman, the, the winner of the 2002 Economy Nobel Prize, called System One. So the problem is when we look at somebody on Zoom, first of all, there is a delay between what we see and what we hear. And even if that delay is barely perceptible, I mean, it can be less than one-tenth of a second for our brain to generate a signal that something is not normal. And because of that, one of the issues with Zoom is that it drops the human attention very, very quickly. You know, in one of your previous shows, I was talking about a phenomenon called the recency primacy effect. Here is what's happening. When you, like, imagine you're with your customer for an hour on the phone. We know that the brain is more awake, it's more attentive at the beginning of an interaction. It's called the primacy effect. And at the end of an interaction, it's called the recency effect. In other words, we tend to remember things at the beginning and remember things at the end. So what does that mean? Well, if you're with a customer on the phone for an hour, it means your first two minutes are super important. Your last two minutes are also super important. And pretty much what you're going to say in the middle is not going to have that much importance. In fact, you know, George Lucas, a famous movie maker, said the secret to making a good movie is create a hot opening, create a hot close, and just don't screw up in the middle. So we know that the beginning and the end of an interaction are very important, and then the curve drops in between. Now, the problem with a platform like Zoom is that your attention in the middle is going to drop much, much faster than if the person you're interacting with is in the same room as you. And it has to do with, again, our primal brain, which says, if I am talking to a person and we are face-to-face, there is a possibility that that person will go nuts and they will try to kill me. So I have to stay attentive to what they say. I'm going to read your facial expressions. I'm going to pay attention to the small changes in your voice. Now, the problem with a platform like Zoom is that most people have a very, very bad microphone. So if you have a bad microphone, there's little changes in your tones of voice, which, again, are not perceptible at the conscious level, are going to be lost. And then your attention is going to drop after two minutes. And the problem is that when people are on a platform like Zoom, you're competing for their attention. And their attention might be drawn to their phone messages, their emails, their pet that's, you know, moving in the back of their home office. So all this creates a complete lack of, uh, of attention of the audience. And as you know, most people, when they're on the Zoom conference, they are doing three other things at the same time. So the problem is you're competing to get the attention of your customers and their attention is gonna drop very, very quickly when you're doing this remotely. So the problem is a little bit like PowerPoint. I mean, if you think about it, a lot of people do not like PowerPoint, right? Very few people use PowerPoint properly, but on Zoom, the difference is even greater because Zoom is a new platform, so not a lot of people know what they should do on Zoom to properly capture the attention of their audience. 
So, Patrick, you've uh, through SalesBrain, you've trained over 200,000 executives um, how to be more persuasive. Uh, your book, The Persuasion Code, uh, lays it all out for people. But one of the, you know, how do uh, how do our listeners use what you just said to bring people back in? How do you how do you create peaks throughout the presentation so it's not just a big U shape, but it's a, a lot of W's. Right. So there are some communication roles that are absolutely unique to a platform like Zoom and that people need to apply. So a lot of the recommendations I'm going to give you now, they're very tactical. I mean, it's not rocket science. It's not really, I mean, it's based on brain science, but everybody will go, oh yeah, maybe I should have done it. So I'm going to give you first the tactical issues, and then we're going to go back more to some of the basic principles of persuasion. So I'm going to start by the bad stuff, and then we're going to talk about the good stuff later. But I think that for most people, they have to recognize that if they are using Zoom, most likely, even if they do the best possible job, right, they will only be able to get about 20% of the attention retention of their audience. It's the nature of the platform and the limitation that you have, and they need to be aware that sometimes trying to do it on Zoom will give them less attention than if they were going to be doing it just on the regular phone line. So the tactical issues are this. You really need to pack the important stuff at the beginning of your presentation, and you need to pack the good stuff at the end. And that good stuff, in our jargon, we call that a grabber. You have to grab the attention of your audience in the first few minutes so they go, oh, wow, what this guy is telling me is so passionate, you know, it's so important for me, it could really change my life, that I'm going to need to spend a humongous amount of focus to listen to that guy. In other words, even if I'm not that passionate about the subject that the guy is bringing, in other words, I'm not going to have the emotional cocktail that is used for a lot of people to pay attention to something, right? Even if they don't have that, then they're going to force their attention. And if they have an email that's coming up in their mailbox, they're going to deliberately ignore that email so that they can keep their attention on the message that's being displayed. So that's the first thing. You need to pack your message at the beginning with something really juicy, and you need to give something also irresistible at the end. The second thing is, as we all know, visuals are critical, right? And, and when you see a PowerPoint presentation with a lot of text, immediately everybody starts yawning. Well, what does that mean in the world of Zoom? It means you need to really eliminate a lot of the text on your slide. You need to keep a small number of slides, but the visual metaphors that you communicate in those slides need to really translate possibly complex concepts about your value prop, but that will allow your audience to understand them in one-tenth of a second. So forget the text. You need to really bring strong visuals in your presentation. Okay. Mm -hmm. Another mm -hmm. aspect of it is because the attention retention of your audience is going to drop very quickly, you need to take real breaks. In other words, if your Zoom session lasts 45 minutes, I would recommend to take at least one break in the, you know, uh, in the middle of it after 20 minutes and say to people, well, I know it's hard for you to maintain your attention as we're talking now, so I would like to suggest that we take a short break. And you invite people to leave their office, to leave their seat, to leave their, you know, they need to stand up, 
They need to reoxygen their, their bodies and their minds. So they need to move. Because one of the problems is if you're sitting in front of a Zoom session and you're not moving for 45 minutes, again, you're signaling your body and you're signaling your brain that nothing is jeopardizing your survival. So you can go into a mode of conservation of energy where you can relax. In other words, it's almost like you're falling asleep. So you have to break the rules with Zoom and you have to say, and you have to set that up as a rule at the beginning with your customer. You have to say, well, I'm really thankful that you're willing to give me 40 minutes of your time today, but let's establish some rules of communication because your time is important. I'm going to give you 100% of my attention in the next 40 minutes. I would like you to reciprocate. So please, you know, don't check your email. Don't, don't listen to your phone. Don't play with your pet. Second rule is we're going to take a break in 20 minutes. Uh, you know, we're going to take a three minute break and everybody can move and use the bathroom or get a cup of tea. So by setting the rules at the very beginning, you let people know that whatever you're going to be presenting is important and that they will have to take a break. By the way, if your Zoom session lasts more than an hour, I would recommend that in the middle you take a real break, not a two-minute break, but that you take a 10-minute break and you ask people to, you know, to get outside, take a quick walk, or do something else. Maybe they are gonna, you're going to tell them, well, at that moment, it might be a good time for you to check your emails or your text messages. But you need to take a longer break in that particular case. So again, um, a few recommendations. One, set up the rules early about breaks and about attention. Two, make sure you put the juicy stuff at the beginning and at the end. Three, use real visuals, not just you know text. Uh, pictures of somebody smiling in an office with, uh, when they're on the phone. No, you need to find a visual metaphor for your value prop, and you need to create powerful visuals. So that's point number three. Number four, make sure that your face is lit. I know a lot of people, they have beam offices. So what happens is your audience cannot read your facial expressions. So make sure that the light in your office is coming from in front of you, and make sure that your camera is right in front of you. Make sure that your microphone is good. Make sure that your internet connection is good so that the delay between the audio and the video is as little as possible. Uh, so these are my, my early recommendation. Again, I'm still in the thick of doing the, the research on this, but this is what I have found so far. That's terrific. Great tips. Now, if you're in a situation where you're making a sales presentation to someone, and uh, how how uh, important is it for you to uh, ask a question every few minutes, and what's the ideal length of time before you shift the attention back over to uh, to your potential customer? Sure. So as we discussed, the curve of attention retention will drop faster on Zoom than if you're meeting that person face-to-face. -face. So what happens is you need to create change. You need to create contrast. You need to create small events in your Zoom session, which is going to re-engage the customer. So there are several techniques. As you said, asking your customers to talk, asking them a question, creates that disruption. So this is very good. Another technique, for example, would be to use a prop. In other words, if you want to illustrate one particular point that you're making in your discussion, make sure that you use an object and then wave that object in front of the camera. Huh? 
the question that you ask can be a real question that will help diagnose their pain. As you know, it's one of the four steps in our process. So going back to the not tactical issues of dealing with Zoom, but the more strategic issues of dealing with Zoom is you would need to follow the four steps that we recommend in our model, which is you need to diagnose the pain, and the diagnostic of the pain, as you suggest, is about asking questions. Then the second step in our process would be to make sure that you differentiate your claims. In other words, that throughout your discussion with your customer, they know and they understand what is unique about you, and we call that the claim. And then if you're in a selling situation, you need to do the step three in our process, we need to, which is that you need to demonstrate the gain. So Bill, I don't know if you remember, but in our model, we talk about pain, claim, and gain. The pain is when the seller asks his own prospect questions. And of course, Zoom would be very effective to do that. In other words, if your customer is willing to answer your questions, then you're really starting a dialogue now, that dialogue, hopefully, should be not about you, the seller, but should be about them, you, uh, yes, you, the seller, it's about them, the buyers, right? So the minute people start talking on Zoom, they know it's all about them. So the, the, you, you get 100% of their attention if you ask them questions and they have to start thinking about giving you an interesting answer, right? So asking a question is an indirect or tactical way of re-engaging the attention of your audience as I said, using a prop is another one. Uh, another one that you can do is just stand up. So even, you know, if I'm presenting right now and people only see my face on the camera on the small vignette on Zoom, then if I stand up and I make sure that my body still can be seen in, in the camera, uh, you know, viewpoint, then they are going, why is he standing up? So again, it's almost an artificial way of forcing the attention of your audience. That's excellent, excellent. So, uh, you know, we've only got a couple more minutes left. Tell us a little bit more about about your um, book, The Persuasion Code, and any new work that you're working on, please. So the new work that I'm working on right now is, uh, again, how do you apply these rules of persuasion to the world of online? Well, as you know, we don't really know what's going to happen with this epidemic, and a lot of people are saying the world is going to go virtual. And a lot of people realize that, yes, they can do a good job at working remotely, but the effectiveness of remote selling has not been proven. In fact, you know, I'm having a discussion with a lot of experts uh, these days on the subject, and we are pretty um, pessimistic about the effectiveness of Zoom for selling. Because it's, it's all the issue of, you know, can you really persuade people when you're not in the same home as they are? And I'm trying to find some research that would give an actual percentage of how less effective Zoom is compared to a face-to-face -face meeting with people. So the, I found a lot of research paper that talk about the effectiveness of remote teams, et cetera, and the percentages is not good. In other words, it is very, very difficult to influence or persuade people when you do that either just on the phone or just using Zoom. And I mean, of course, it depends on what you sell. You know, maybe if you're selling insurance, you're going to have a certain level of effectiveness. But if you're selling something very complicated, it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, in, in fact, now, imagine just trying to recruit somebody, right? I mean, you could do all the recruitment on the phone, but for most people, we want to get that face-to-face -face meeting because, amazingly enough, when you're in the same room as the person, 
your primal brain, your unconscious brain, really gets a lot more information about that, that person. I mean, an interesting one is smell. You know, uh, people don't realize it, but smell is one of the most important stimulus that your brain receives. And if somebody doesn't smell good, just like a house, you know, if you go to buy a house and the house smells like mold, even if you're not aware that you've smelled mold, then you might say later, no, I'm going to buy that house. You didn't know why you didn't like the house, but because somehow, somewhere, there was a very little smell of mold in that house and that, that told your brain that you could not buy it. So, again, the difficulty is, I mean, this is the message that I have right now. I have two people. Lower your expectations when it comes to believing how much persuasion you can achieve on Zoom, because the research shows that sometimes Zoom is less effective than the phone. Very interesting. Patrick, it's always great to have you back on the show. The website is salesbrain.com. Again, uh, the prior book was called The Persuasion Code, and uh, check into SalesBrain. It's a great website, and you always bring our listeners terrific information. So, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you, Bill. And just one last word. Uh, you know, I just released a course on LinkedIn. So anybody who has LinkedIn Premium has access to a free 47-minute um, LinkedIn course on the science of persuasion. People that are not um, LinkedIn Premium, they can email me and I will send them a link that gives them a free access for 24 hours. And right now, actually, what I'm working on is I'm working with LinkedIn to bring more of those courses because the first course that I released uh, less than three months ago has already gotten about 12,000 views. So it, it's getting a lot of traction. People get interested in the science of human persuasion based on you know, how the brain works. And, you know, of course, uh, right now, the, the main topic for a lot of people is how can I persuade on the phone or using Zoom? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a big topic. Thank you so much once again, Patrick. Really appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 